Hello Buglers, welcome to Top Stories and another delve into history now. It's been a bit of a tough decade in the 2020s, so let's cheer ourselves up with uh, another dip into another UK election. This time back in 2010, when David Cameron teamed up with future meta legend Nick Clegg and kicked Gordon Brown out of his home in Downing Street. This is from Bugle issue 115, entitled Five More Years of This. Top story this week, the UK is governed once more. <laughs> Thank God, Andy. Britain once more has a driver at the wheel. <laughs> even even if it's a driver who may well steer some of the neediest citizens of the UK straight into oncoming traffic. <laughs> Britain has a new leader, Prime Minister David Cameron, and boy oh boy, it's not nice saying those words out loud. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be too cynical about this, Andy. Yep. I would like nothing more than for every single instinct I have about him to be wrong. <laughs> it's sometimes, I think, interesting, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, to, uh, to put people in context, especially English people, by wondering what they'd be doing in a different era. And during the British Empire, there is no doubt in my mind that David Cameron would have been governing a large section of India by sitting in a rocking chair in front of a large group of Indian workers, sipping on a hot cup of tea with a musket in his lap. <laughs> All I'm saying is... And a tiger on his head. Oh, exactly. <laughs> All I'm saying is, David Cameron would look, would look good, not only good, but natural, in a pith helmet. <laughs> and I'm not sure there's any worse thing you could say about someone's character than that. <laughs> um, there has been a lot of complaint, John, about the uh, the lack of representativeness of this, uh, this new cabinet, the Coalition Cabinet, which contains, I think, over 60% Oxbridge-educated people. Um... And it's, uh, it's been described as the least socially representative cabinet since the, uh, before the Second World War, and <laughs> personally... Oh, that's bad. It, it is bad. It is bad. I mean, you know, the two leaders, basically, are, um, you know, youngish, white, uh, upper-middle-class men who went to expensive schools and mm -hmm. Oxbridge. Yeah. And I just feel, John, that, you know, I was expensively educated. Yes. I went to Oxford. Yeah. I've never had a proper job. I feel deeply unlucky that I don't have a cabinet post. I mean, it's, it is bad, Andy. What, what more could I have done, John? It wasn't just that. I'm white. I I, I'm male. I'm 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 telegenically good-looking. What more can you do <laughs> apart from being Jewish, Andy? I'm I'm annoying and I'm patently unqualified. And I'm not in the I'm not in the government. Not even a fucking phone call to explain why not, John. So much for Cameron's famous people skills. I am alienated. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's important to remember, of course, you mentioned that Cameron is by no means doing this alone, however much he'd like to be doing it alone, because, of course, no one technically won this election. So, instead of uh, being led by the winner of the election, Britain is now being led by both the man who lost the least and the man who lost the most. <laughs> and I've got to say, I actually feel quite sorry for David Cameron, not only considering the scale of the job, he's now undertaking, but also the circumstances in which he's going to have to do it. He has to work with a man who he has very little in common with, as well as someone who he spent the last month intensely and openly demonstrating his contempt for. <laughs> that is, at best, awkward, and at worst, completely unworkable. <laughs> it's like getting the job of your dreams, then suddenly realising that you're in the middle of a nightmare. Oh, look, I just found a suitcase full of money, and I'm standing in the middle of a shit volcano. <laughs> It's not the girl of your dreams saying, oh, she'd love to go out for dinner with you, but that you'll both be eating boiled pig's testicles. <laughs> it's essentially like the British public have surprised Cameron 
on a Jerry Springer-style show saying, congratulations, we want you to be our Prime Minister. <laughs> ah, but we haven't been completely honest with you. Ooh, and we have a little surprise tonight. Uh-oh. <laughs> we want you to do it with someone you absolutely hate. Please bring out Nick. Yeah! Fight, fight, fight! <laughs> <laughs> this isn't democracy anymore, Andy. It's sick reality television. <laughs> well, it's not just uh, you know the personal battles between them that they're having to uh, jokerly pass off mm -hmm. uh, and put behind them, but um, a, a lot of the, the, the policies and things that were said during the during the campaign, particularly the Conservatives' main campaign thrust in the last week that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the Bugle, was the dangers yes. of the hung Parliament, yes. in which they were bleating on like whinging three-year-olds about how a hung Parliament would hand Britain over to the Belgians, result in the <laughs> Queen having to marry Robert Mugabe and give <laughs> everyone in Britain incurable hemorrhoids. And now, of course, it turns out as Cameron says, no, this is all in the best interest of Britain. This is a yeah. great, exciting opportunity Couldn't for new for new politics. And, in a way, I, I thought they were obviously totally bullshitting. Cynically, exploitatively, and obviously bullshitting before. And I think, in a way, they've got a point. They've had, they've had, to, they've had to be compromised for the first time. And the first part of the post system is explicitly designed to avoid people having to discuss stuff. You just railroad it through. And now there's sort of built-in arguments. I think, in, in a way, it's quite exciting for democracy. And also, Cameron did... He is living up to some of his promises, John, because he said during the campaign that a hung parliament after the general election would lead to unaccountable backroom deals behind closed doors. And, well, for once, he has proved as good as his word. <laughs> there have been backroom deals made behind closed doors. So fair play to him, John. Fair play in that unfeasibly depressing election ad they had about the danger of the hung parliament party they said they promised to bring the economy to its knees and send interest rates soaring and well they may well live up to that promise too and also in their their video they had showed gordon brown waving outside number 10 with the message this is what a hung parliament looks like and what they hadn't said in that was that was actually brown leaving number 10 so again it proved <laughs> eerily prophetic yeah that's true it certainly is going to be interesting david cameron as you mentioned uh, last week had a huge lead in the polls this time last year and managed to fritter most of that away as it seemed the UK voter was increasingly concerned about whether he was really a small C conservative or whether in fact he was a conservative with an uppercase K. <laughs> uh, I think people were so suspicious of how right-wing he actually was that they've essentially employed Nick Clegg as his conscience. <laughs> he should, in fact, Nick Clegg should even have to sit physically on Cameron's shoulder all the time, whispering things into his ear like a good angel. No, David, don't close that youth centre. No, 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 David, don't abolish tax for those earning over half a million pounds a year. No, David, don't eat that, it's potpourri. No, David. <laughs> No. But in a way, it's worked out the best for, for everyone. The Conservatives get to be in government, uh, which, you know, they've been dreaming of, all of them, since the womb, generally, mm -hmm. which, and for a lot of them, that was not long ago enough, the womb, to say that they're actually properly equipped for the job. But, um, uh, so they get to be in government, despite having missed the biggest sitting duck since the 35-stone Hawaiian sumo wrestler Kanishki dressed up like a mallard for a Pond Awareness campaign <laughs> photo shoot but fell asleep in an armchair. <laughs> so they get, they get to be in government, 
uh, and the Liberal Democrats, <laughs> for, the, for the first time in- Sorry, Andy, I'm gonna- I'm gonna need a little bit longer with that okay. image you just right, painted. I'll just let you- I'll just, just let you- Give me a second, I'll All just right. see his head, his massive head drooping, <laughs> with the beak yeah. on his chest. Do you remember him, the dump truck? <laughs> of course I remember the dump yeah. truck, Andy. I'm not- I'm not new to sumo. Of course, he never quite got the better of, uh, Chiona Fuji, he was very much the master <laughs> in those days. So he had some terrific bouts with little Tarao, of course, who was small but quick. But okay, that's enough, you can right. go on now, Andy. <laughs> Um, uh, well, that came out. Anyway, uh, that was dredged up from... <laughs> we used to be on terrestrial telly over here when we Mate, were kids. Anyway. You when you dig deep, Andy, it's amazing what you can pull out <laughs> of your lucky dip bag of knowledge. <laughs> uh, uh, where was I? So the Liberal Democrats, having not been in um, government, and having not done as well as they hoped, get to be in government, and Labour, having looked like they would be completely wiped out electorally, have ended up with, uh, with not, <laughs> you know, not a terrible number of MPs. Mm -hmm. They've got rid of Gordon Brown, the, uh, the albatross around their testicles. And, um, <laughs> and also, their rivals in opposition, the Liberal Democrats, are now Conservatives. So it's basically worked out the best for everyone. It's like a low-grade Shakespeare comedy. <laughs> but he's rumoured, Cameron, to be about to force through legislation to make himself Prime Minister for life. Quote, so we can have strong and stable government that the country needs above <laughs> party interest in the difficult 75 years ahead. <laughs> so Gordon Brown offered his resignation to the Queen and drove away in shameful defeat, trying to ignore his children's baffled questions about why they were moving house <laughs> and where all their security had gone. And then David Cameron asked a former government and the Queen accepted. And by the way, she really is going through the motions now, Andy. I bet, <laughs> I bet you anything you like that she essentially said, ah, yeah, whatever, to both Cameron and Brown. <laughs> At least make Cameron sweat. Tell him that you'll think about it and that he should wait there, then go have a cup of tea, maybe watch the first half of Avatar or something <laughs> before getting bored, then go back and say, sure, you can be Prime Minister, but only if you walk outside of the car with your underpants over your trousers. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> Thank you, Buglers. Thanks for listening. For everything from the Bugle universe, go to thebuglepodcast.com, where you can also find links to Tiff Stevenson's wonderful show, Catharsis. Links on the website. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.